Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Chat. We're so happy to be back this week with so much to talk about. But before we get into everything, let's check in on our co-host. Tiggs, how you doing, darling? Doing great, Casey. Awesome. Alan, what about yourself, my dear? I'm good. You know, I love free wishes on a Zoom. I, I know you do. <laughs> it's your favorite. Um. So anyway, let's get into our list of topics here tonight. Um, we've got just a few things to cover, starting with days of our lives. Um, so let's talk about days of our lives because my goodness, there's a lot to cover, um, especially with Colin's reign of terror and how the optics of that story have been playing out. And then Nicole is pregnant and Dimitri is Megan's son. There's a lot. So, Alan, let's go to you first. Let's discuss the character of Colin. What has been your reaction to the ever-developing story and Sloane and how the Talia stuff and everything is climaxing and whatnot? This story always fucking sucks, but I made it fucking worse by having Colin, an ugly white man, Pimping out his fucking girlfriend to another black woman. I cannot imagine how black women feel watching this. It's disgusting. Yeah, to me, I kind of tweeted out one day um, just some thoughts that kind of the whole panel shared on just the optics of the story. I found it really problematic that this white man was telling this black woman what to do, how to do it, how to act to be something she's not um, because Talia was very hesitant a few weeks ago with even thinking about being lesbian-ish towards Chanel. Um, and so I think the whole story from start to finish was just a mess. And also, I don't think Sloan needed a brother. I really don't. Um, but now you've got like, Chanel, who's demanding that Talia pay for everything. And um, you just had this whole mess on the roof. I I don't know. The pacing of the story was off. I just didn't like anything about it. Tiggs, what about you? And the season was really bad. I just watched it before it came on. Ugh. <laughs> Alan, not the ugh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, um, from everything I've heard, I... I don't care. I y'all said the boy wasn't that great of an actor. He ain't really all that cute. I've seen him, and the yeah, him pimping out. Uh, it's so stupid. It, it nowadays there is no excuse. It's twenty twenty three. There is no excuse. They may not think it's a big deal, or may not think it should be a big deal. I don't give a fuck what you think, especially if you're not black. It is a big deal. The optics of this stick, and y'all know it. it, 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 it y'all can't be that tone deaf. It didn't hit none of y'all ear right. It, 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 didn't look, it didn't look weird to none of y'all when this story took place. And even though I like Sloan, it's like, Sloan's cool, but nobody gives a shit about her pervert, dead-ass, drunk-ass daddy. And nobody gives a fuck about her silly, stupid, clumsy-ass mom. We don't know them. We don't care. 
We talked about Ryan R with this shit. Quick digging up characters we've never met before. Want to uh, avenge other characters we ain't never met before. We don't fucking care. This was all a waste of fucking time and quit playing in our fucking faces. Y'all have been blessed to have the motherfucking Jack A. Harry on your show for the last two fucking years. Give her a decent fucking goddamn storyline instead of this cockamamie ham scram bullshit that y'all keep doing all in. And then I heard some mess about her being a, the, the commissioner. I said, and every time I'm about this close to be like, you know what? Let me not be that person. Let, let me just try to ex- meet these shows halfway, accept them for what they are now. They pull some bullshit. I was going to ask you Ben on days. Until I saw that shit about Paulina being a police commissioner, I said, what? Like, every time I'm about this close, it, some bullshit happened. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. Nicole's having um, yet another miracle baby. I don't care. Like, when we were growing up watching these shows and there were couples that we wanted, you know, the the storylines and the buildup and the tension and the angst, it was compelling. It it was worth watching. It's gotten to the point now, I, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about Eric and Nicole anymore. Used to be one of my favorite couples, but you have two losers in their late 50s who just won't get over both of themselves and just be fucking together. There is no reason. They're not, Casey. They're not. Thought you said late 50s. No, no, I meant like, no, they're in their late 40s, I meant. Okay, I was like, what? Yeah, but no, it's, but still, that, that that's what I'm saying. Both of you motherfuckers are damn near AARP age. <laughs> and we are stuck on this bullshit merry-go-round job. There is nothing that's happened between Eric and Nicole, especially at this point after 25 fucking years that they can't get back. Eric wanted to blame Nicole over Jada, who's a grown-ass woman who decided to end her pregnancy and get the fuck out of Dodge because she saw what was going on between y'all. I don't blame. Yeah, I, I like the aspect of a Brady baby and Eric finally getting a kid, but I thought about that shit. I'm like, you know what? She reacted exactly how she should have reacted. As a young, beautiful black woman in a situation like that, uh-uh. 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 I'm glad she did terminate that pregnancy. Good. We need more life. Shit. And I'm and I'm just I just hope that if she does stay on the show, she's not punished like Lulu was on GH. Cause like almost every time a woman wanted like terminate the pregnancy or something, she gets punished for it. That's stupid. Women have abortions every fucking day. Every woman don't want no kids, every woman ain't meant to have no fucking kids. Then you have these fucking losers who just spit them out like eight tracks. And people who want them can't have. But yeah, I, Dave's is just a mess. I, I Megan, this boy, why the fuck is he? So did Megan have a baby with a Van Lushner? So, yes, we're going to get into that, Alan. Because like, I'm not understanding that. And if that's the case, bitch, 
you went through all this for fucking both. I adore both, but you went through all this for fucking both when you you push out a fucking Van Luster? Bitch, are you in? You gotta be insane. You have to be. You couldn't give off over a 40-year-old high school romance and you pushing out royalty, bitch? What? And then this latest little stunt to get her out of jail? I'm tired of this shit. I am tired of this shit. I'm tired of her. I'm tired of Kristen. I'm tired of all these ham scram ass villains getting these little pardons and immunity. That's stupid. Like I said on Twitter the other day, well, may Stefano work? Stefano was smart enough to not ever truly ever really get caught. You got these motherfuckers like, how many times is Kristen going to do the same stupid shit over and over again to get separated from her child and thrown in Statesville? This is the second part in, in a year this bitch thing got. Like, be more like Stefano. Don't fucking get caught. And when you're about to get caught, either go on a run for a while or be presumed dead for a while. The only time we ever saw Stefano actually sitting behind motherfucking bottle was the last time we saw Joe Muscolo, and that was supposed to be Shane in disguise. It's still kind of a mystery if Stefano was really alive out there. That's the motherfucking villain. Not his two ham scram 60-year-old daughters. Still on their bullshit. And instead of twirling their mustache, they twirling their lace fronts. <laughs> And this is no shade to Miranda Wilson or Stacey Duke. They do a great job with that shitty material that they're giving. But goddamn, quit sending these bitches to prison every couple of months or every couple. Cause it don't, it ain't gonna stick. Statesville is a fucking joke. But yet we're supposed to believe Luke is just gonna sit his happy ass in there until y'all decide y'all wanna use him again. Then he'll mysteriously get some type of card. For what happened with Sam. None of this is stupid. And it just makes me not want to watch. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, I pretty much got to go back on like a month's worth of days. That's like 20 episodes. And I have no desire to watch Nana. No. Oh, okay. Um, and how, and, and how did they... And, 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 and the Born Hope punk ass cliffhanger. What the fuck happened with that? Did, did Victor send a fucking medevac from off screen and ship Bo off to Honduras so he can get cured? Alrighty, so Alan, um, what are you also <laughs> thinking of Nicole's pregnancy since we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet? And what are you also thinking about Dimitri being Megan's child? I'm happy Nicole is pregnant because Oren Zucker is like 48 now. She's about like the top of that, like borderline too old to be pregnant on. So, so I'm happy it's happening now, not when she's like 50. Because, you know, they had Kim Zimmer playing pregnant when she's over 50. And after freaking Reeve went through menopause, and it was ridiculous. So happy it's happening now. And Eric can finally get his baby. But yeah, I'm not too excited about it because it's also going to end up with him. Nicole and EJ breaking up because that baby's not going to be EJ's baby. We all know that. They're not going to do that because EJ already has two kids. And they have fucking figured out who's going to be EJ's love interest because they keep fucking throwing them at every woman. 
They haven't said it on one. They should just recast Sammy, but they're not going to do that. Because they're stupid. There's a lot of actors that learn who play Sammy, but they're not going to do it. But yeah, Dimitri being a Demera, they didn't need another Demera. They already have EJ, Stefan, Johnny, Chad, Tony, and Anne on the show, Kirsten, and Megan now. Didn't need another one. I'm tired of fucking collecting Demeras like the fucking Pokemon. It's stupid. And it's just further showing that Ron cares more about the fucking Demeras than the horse. And that's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, if you were a new viewer, you would think the fucking Demeras were the first family of Satan. I'm like, y'all not noticing that this show is almost 60 years old and there's little to nothing left of the core family? Do you not give a fuck? Like, what is this? This is stupid. Like, you know, there's a lot we can also say about the other three shows. But, you know, Y&R has been about the Abbots and the Newmans since 1980. And GH has built back up the Quartermains in recent years. Um, and then with B&B, it's always been about the same people. Um, so, you know, I'll give the other three shows credit that Days can't really receive because you're right, Tiggs. There's like no appearance by the founding family. Um, no, like, like, like Lucas. No, Lu Lucas only exists to be an appendage to Sammy, which is fucking utterly ridiculous. Brian Attilo is popular in his own right. They've just never given a fuck about Lucas unless he's unless Sammy is sitting on his face. Will is a noob. They refuse to bring back Jeremy. They do this ham scram ass writing for Sarah, and she just comes and goes whenever for the stupidest fucking shit. They don't even know how to write Sarah out. But when and then when they do, it's just why do y'all keep doing this? Do y'all just have nothing else for Lindsay Godfrey? Well, I just this is that's no thing like. Love Xander and Sarah. Don't give a fuck about them, really. It, it said the only goddamn couples I give a fuck about on this goddamn show are fucking Doug and Julie, John and Marlena, and, and, and goddamn uh, Steve and Kayla. Shit. Because you act like you don't know what the fuck you're doing with the rest of these motherfuckers. Like, how was days like on just shitty streak with, with pairings and couples. Days. Like, what? Then you take your biggest couple and give them the worst storyline you could. This is worse than Bo's Tuma. And y'all just green lighting all this shit like it's okay. And yeah, we could blame Peacock, but eh, if this shit was still on NBC, we probably would have got the same fucking thing. Gentlemen. Well, and we know that allegedly because of what we're seeing on our screen right now, that the viewership for the show is way down, like way, 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 way down. Um, so it's really, I mean, the show is so broken because I, I don't even know how to describe it. When I turn on Days of Our Lives, it's just it doesn't really make sense of what's going on. Um, it's a lot like The Young and the Restless for me in that regard, is that I feel like I'm watching the same episode every day, and I feel like nothing's progressing and no new stories are starting. 
I, I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> the two-year renewal. It's like, where are some new stories kicking off? We just can't wait until August, the dead of August, when Victor's funeral begins to start new stories, if even... And I, and I don't even have faith in that at this point. I don't either. I don't even have faith in that. I like, don't stuff either. like that, especially the way they shoot so far in advance, shit like that is a slam dunk. Like I said, the minute they came back from their holiday hiatus, Okay, John's been gone for a couple months now. The holidays are over. Ron, what's the fucking plan? And it better be a good one. I would have told him to his face. Let it not be good and you will be fired. Period. I'm looking forward to the strike material, honestly. Because overly they got someone like Marlene McPherson, who's already five core. To write the show, not Dina Heagley, who's also five core. Just, I hope we do a good job. And I love Marlene McPherson, so I think... Yeah, I, I, I like their days. I don't really have yeah. a big problem with her and Daryl's days. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't it, it wasn't Shakespearean, but goddammit, it's been, it showed a, a whole hell of a lot better than what we'll be getting on uh, on screen the last year. Because, let, let's just face it, and let's just put it out there, Ron's been shitting the fucking bed since 2021. And I'm tired of it. It's been six years, Put his ass out the pasture. Yeah. I mean, it was really, um, I think like Steve on Twitter once said that like since they got the devil back out of Marlena, the show went downhill and it went downhill very quickly, like at a very quick rate. Um, And it's okay to admit when your show needs fixing and to get a new writer in there. Um, one who's competent and one who doesn't need to rely on a plan to save days cover on Soap Opera Digest. And I bring that up because if they do get a new writer, I don't want another plan to save days. I don't want it to have to be save days. I want it to be entertain the viewers and write a soap opera. Exactly. Because it doesn't need to be a plan to save days. You've already locked in a two-year renewal. Days is fine until 2025. Days Mm -hmm. is fine for the next two years. Make it watchable for the next two years and make the motherfuckers want to renew it beyond those two years. Mm-hmm. It ain't a plan to save it, it's the plan to keep it going. Yes. Shit. I, I'm so tired uh, of them giving Meemaw all these fucking medicines for her diabetes. Well, goddamn it. You could just really put her on a real good regimen to regulate her blood sugar instead of throwing 19 different prescriptions at her. Do your research and find a regimen that fucking works. That's what Ken Corday needs to do. You say your punk ass off that goddamn golf course. Get Greg Mean back. Ship Albert Lars' punk ass off to Shady Pines. And maybe we can get some real decisions making around him. Because that's what I'm telling you. That's what really happened when Greg Mean left. That's when that fucking show started going down the fucking tubes. Because he was the only motherfucker that knew how to keep the lights on in that bitch. <sighs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens with old days of our lives. Um, In the meantime, let's talk about The Bold and the Beautiful, which is facing some trouble as well. For almost three weeks now, the show has been down 370,000 plus viewers from this time last year. 
It also continues for the seventh straight week to tie its low in the key women 18 to 49 demographic. And then on the show, we have some of the cast going to Italy, where it looks like Brooke and Ridge are set to reunite, ending the Taylor friendship. And also, things are kind of getting complicated with Thomas and Hope as Steffi puts her two cents into it. So, Alan, why don't you give us your thoughts on the current state of the bold and the beautiful? I'm liking Thomas Hope's of it all because they actually find him might go there, but I don't don't know if Brad Bell is actually going to have him put his penis in that vagina because you know Brad Bell's approved now. Because all the only like actual sex affair we've had in like the last like six years was Quinn and Carter. The rest of them just been like kisses. Because remember when Bill had a secret room in an office just to kiss Brooke? Not fuck her or anything, just kiss. I like the work that Audrey Noel is doing lately. She's doing every worthy work. You got, I know you guys haven't been watching, so you haven't seen this, but she's putting in work. So yeah, I'm liking that, but they need need more stories because the only story right now is well hope you are you wet for Thomas? What's your feelings? I'm worried about Liz. And we had Steffi fucking telling Liam today Lynn, that fucking she thinks that Hope does have feelings for Thomas. And for like past like month now, Liz has been bragging about Hope fucking the shit out of him. The best sex of the relationship apparently. And she's been thinking about Thomas the whole time. And that's so fucking stupid. You have Steffi, a grown ass woman who who has married over again, has another kid, allegedly, with this person. She's happy. He didn't die on it. He came back. They defeated his psycho batshit crazy ass mama. And all she got time to do is worry about if her brother is going to fuck her stepsister, who she's a, a, a sister wife with because her sister wife is married to her ex-husband. Don't Steffi got some memos to send out the Forest of Creation? Don't she have to take them brats to a fucking play date? No, because she know fuck that. At this point, Kelly should be in the third grade. Shit. So I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, the hell, don't have Jackie would go anywhere because somebody told Rodrigo on Twitter that when she goes on her maternity leave, the fans are going to go with her and the ratings are going to sink. They're sinking now because nothing's going on on the show. And, and, and Jacqueline McKinnis would have been pregnant 73 times. <laughs> and, and Brad always finds a way for her not to be off screen too long. You know how many scenes that girl going to pre-shoot exactly. and, and, and how much blocking they going to do? Where Steffi probably gonna be going to Forza International for about two weeks. And yeah. even then we're gonna get a whole bunch of scenes where her sitting behind the desk talking, gossiping about some shit that ain't her fucking business. <laughs> well, mom, I just don't know. Do you think Hope will really chill Liam with Thomas? Bitch, ain't you overseas trying to handle shit at a multinational conglomerate? <laughs> Why do you care who who your brother's sticking his dick in? Where your where your kids at? <laughs> Cause you're gonna start getting your man, I'm gonna start calling her ass little Steph. Jesus. Like I don't give a damn if he is 40. Little Steph. Shit. <laughs> 
Tiggs, what do you also think of Bridge reuniting once again? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Brooklyn Ridge with Brad Bill and the 25 bridge stands that have been holding on since 1987. Torsten Kane, Captain Kelly Lane have no fucking sexual chemistry. Chemistry is subjective. Girl, fuck you. They don't have chemistry. Just like Maurice Bernard and Laurel Wright. That's why we've been all kind of like walking on eggshells when it comes to the inevitable Sonny and Carly reunion. Like, because it's like, let it go. Let it go. This is not a John and Marlena situation anymore. No. Let it go. No. And y'all did that y'all selves. Bill, uh, Brad Bell, he wanted a snatch and grab. Taurus and Cape was coming off that show with Angelica Houston. And that with them two episodes he did at All My Children reboot. And he was like, oh, this is Ridge Force. <laughs> Lower right. Lower right, you know, her contract was wrapping up a guy in light. And Brian Fry just said, Wanna try hers, Carl? Let's draw straws. And then this is what we've been stuck with. It's like y'all get these actors and then y'all keep y'all wanna continue these popular parents that just aren't that anymore. I'm happy that Warren R finally let Billy and Victoria go. Jason Thompson has been in that role seven years. He has sibling chemistry with a million Honey. Every time I see them together, I keep thinking. Damn, no shade to Mark Crowson, but this motherfucker should have been Adam. Because it's just like they have sibling chemistry. <laughs> it's never been romantic. And that's the same thing with Ridge and Brooke. Like, they don't have sibling chemistry. They just have good, friendly ex chemistry. Like, Torsten and Catherine, it, um, some cute guy you used to date in the 11th grade. Y'all still cool. Yeah, y'all had a kid together. And, but y'all broke up before college, and y'all just been homies ever since. But that's what that gives. That that's what Sonny and Carly give now. But no, they want to tell us that these couples should be together. And then when they try to show us, it's like y'all ain't doing y'all no favors because you didn't show me about ten years of flashback. And I ain't seen look at chemistry and none of them. <laughs> they all unless, unless they're ready to kill each other. That's the only time you see me heat. Yeah, when Sonny and Carly are about to rip each other's throats out, you're like, oh, okay. I can, I can try to see some hate sex between them. But as soon as it's over, I, I don't want them to be together. See, Bob Guzda understood that. When he was still there, Sonny and Carly only got thrown together because it was sweeps or for a storyline. But at the end of the day, you already knew. Caroline was going back home to her husband, Jasper Jackson. And Sonny was just going to get thrown at any woman that comes in this path. But like Carly was good. <laughs> and then like and, and I don't know why. Cause there is some Brooklyn Witch fans out there, but it, it ain't a lot. And like I said, if they, and if there is, those are just those old school fans that are just fans of the couple and their history together. Because you're not looking at these two motherfuckers in front of me right now and you tell me that they got chemistry. He has way more chemistry with uh, Krista. Krista, yeah, with Krista out. He had way more chemistry with Hunter Tyler. It took him and Hunter Tyler four years to have scenes together, but when they did, it was worth it. And if they wanted to give Ridge somebody on the show, because to me, I would just kill Ridge off if that was my show, but 
uh, just put him where the chemistry is. I mean, yes. just they could have put him back with Taylor permanently. Yes. I'm tired of that, too. These people are way too old to be bouncing between one another at this age. And I'm tired of it also being like a gimmick for a Brad, too, because this isn't Saturday Night Live. This is a soap opera on CBS Daytime for 36 years. Can we just write it with a little drama? Like, yeah, it's just a, and it's like, okay, so what what has gotten Brooke wet for Ridge again? Why? Because exactly, their, their twenty five year old son is home and he wants mommy and daddy together. Like you, little, you little bastard! If you don't get the fuck out of my face to go fuck some models, when you're twenty five and you're a richest. RJ Forsen, you care about your own dick. You don't give a fuck about your pops. Yep. At 25, Ridge didn't give a flying fuck about what Eric and Stephanie was doing. At 25, Brooke didn't know where the hell Steven was. And she knew Beth was at work. Shit. And that's who we should have out of RJ. We should have Ron Moss's Ridge behaving like he did in 1987. Right, like, like you should you should have RJ making fun of Steffi and Thomas. Yes. Like, aren't y'all like 40? It's like, who cares if our parents are together or not? They're healthy. They're okay. Who cares who, who they end up with? Who cares? And honestly, Brad Dalton needs to stop being head writer because he's almost 60 and he's of such a fine place because fucking Bill Bell gave up the head writer position in 1993 to give it to his son. What is the plan for when Brad's too old to do it? Because that time is going to come. Well, and that's just it, because the show is very successful. And so it's not going to end anytime soon. It's a cash cow still. Even if it ends on CBS, you can take it somewhere else immediately because the Bells still own all of it. And so oh, yeah. I think you need someone happens. else. I could see if it, I could see Bold going becoming like going to streaming if it came down to it, yeah. And like I said, I just think Brad has lost sight. It's like once Asworld turns and guy like got canceled, Brad was just like, "Ooh, okay, let me focus on this overseas audience because that's gonna be my contingency." And he never let it go. And he's also just like wasting money and time. Why are these cast members in Italy? How does that serve the story? Right, right. like where I are we getting? The last time, like back in the day, like well, yeah, because even case you were, even when you were a kid, they were still doing it. But oh yeah, the I, last but Italy yeah, but like, I can remember is when you were like laying in a fucking bassinet. Like their location suits, and the, even if they didn't do a location shoot, just a regular schmegler old fashion show in yeah. the studio, it was worth something. God damn it, the damn fashion show they had that they was gonna have years ago when Allie fucked her not Allie, um, Ivy fucked herself up and she kept getting fucked up and blaming Stephanie. <laughs> like, that was more entertaining and compelling than what the fuck we get now. It's like. Maybe yeah, fashion shows and like press releases used to mean like 
remember when they had that uh fashion show press release thing and stephanie was like oh brooke you've gotten fat because it was exposing that she was pregnant and then here comes whip to say that the child is his even though brooke's assistant overheard that deacon impregnated her like there were we just used to get somewhere in the story i'm happy the cast gets to go to italy they look great in the press photos it gets the show some overseas buzz like always but what is the storyline why are those people there hopefully tell us the fuck finally hopefully but i doubt it <sighs> jesus I don't know. The only soap that really entertains me is General Hospital. <laughs> um, which, speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about GH, because we've got some stuff going on over there as well. And kind of the main thing happening right now in Port Charles is Carly and Drew versus the SEC, um, and also try and find out who made the call. And then Sonny and Nina are engaged. Lots happening over there. So, Tiggs, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on Carly and Drew versus the SEC? Another thing, optics. Like, Carly and Drew just look like two overprivileged-ass white folks. Y'all committed a crime. Even though that technically wasn't y'all intent, Carly, you're a lot of things, but stupid ain't one of them. You knew good and goddamn well. You, you knew. That's why Michael and Drew were trying to keep you out of it to begin with. They told your hard-headed ass, like, no, Mom, Carly, that's not going to look good. No, we don't, we can handle this. We'll be all right. But you, not leaving well enough alone, went ahead and did whatever. And then, look, your stupid ass lost your damn hotel. And then when not, Nina tried to give it back to you as a peace offering, you spit in her fucking face. And now y'all trying to criminalize who, who did it, even if Ned did do it. So fucking what? Like Ned has said it, Tracy said it. So what? They committed a crime. Like whoever blew the whistle on them, it's a, that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Like th that doesn't matter. And, and and like it was pissing me off at first, because you got Brooklyn and, and Olivia all jumping down Ned's throat. Ned has had six fucking months. If he wanted to call the SEC on those two bozos, he would have did it by now. Why would he wait six months and then on Michael and Willow's wedding day to do it? I hated those scenes last week too. That yeah, irritated that was so the shit stupid. out of me. The only cute thing about so those scenes, stupid. But the only good thing about those scenes was Tracy thinking Ned did it to being proud of. Well, because like I didn't understand why Ned was like, "You all, I didn't do this. Like, please believe me." And Olivia's yelling at him, and Brooklyn's. I would have put Brooklyn in her place. I would have said, "Look here, little girl." Like, Brooklyn irked me the most. Um, Cause like this is your father, like yeah. come on, like Ned does a lot of things, but at the end of the day, like he said, and he said like, what I said, like Ned ain't gonna do nothing that's gonna directly put ELQ in the crossfire. Exactly. Like, like that's one thing about all those damn quarter mains. Tracy wouldn't have did that. Everyone did it. With the quarter mains, 
they will frame your ass for murder first before they put ELQ online. Yeah. Period. And Ned even stood there and said in front of them last week that he's been trying to bond the family. He's been trying to help ELQ, but they, they just think on a whim, oh yeah, he would put the whole company in danger. And it's so stupid. It's like, you watch this man for two weeks try and reach Valentine to take his place in the company in order to save the plummeting stock prices. But yet you think in a moment's notice he would jeopardize the whole company. And exactly. And that's it's why so I feel stupid. Like, and you've also had the last six months of Valentine being play dead. You know what I'm saying? That would have been the yeah. perfect opportunity to like, because he's been running the show. So why would he what, what would benefit him calling the SEC on Drew and Harvey? Exactly. That's that it makes no sense. And like I said, then then you got Olivia being this this nagging ass Nancy. Like it's like Olivia. I'm so over Olivia. It's like Olivia, you knew what you were getting yourself into. You knew about the quartermains. You knew how they got down. You knew about this when you decided to marry Ned and have him adopt your son. You knew this. So every time some quartermain ish type of shit happens and she wants to be all flabbergasted in a bitch. And then the way her, of her trying to always put her um friendship with Carly ahead of Ned, like, baby, do you think Carly would ever put a man ahead of you? Ever. This bitch wouldn't even put her kids ahead of a man. Why do you think Michael ended up with a bullet in his fucking head and ended up in a coma? Why do you think all of her children ended up kidnapped X amount of fucking times? Why do you think Morgan even got blown to begin with? Why was he even that close to crazy motherfuckers like Olivia Jerome? Why, why was he even in those crosshairs to begin with? Because she decided to keep taking back her mobster ass ex-husband. That's what people go, oh, Carly, her children, all she's ever done with those children is use them as fucking weapons. That's it. And then she's the not some fierce, loyal-ass mama bear. Like, she sees them as objects. Especially and when it comes to Mike. This whole idea of it's Carly and Drew versus the world, and, you know, now Drew's wanting to get dirt on Ned for the feds. It's like, you guys committed the crime. Like, I don't understand this. How it's, like, so backward. Like, you did the, especially Drew, more than Carly. Because they were looking for Drew's ass more than her. And it just, it blows my mind. And then, you know, this whole, once again, Nina has to play the bad guy. You know, it's very, like, how Diane hasn't done anything on The Young and the Restless, but yet she's the bad guy no matter what, even though Phyllis has faked her death and Ashley has played Tucker to get information on Diane and Nikki's threatened her a bunch of times. Same thing with Nina. Nina hasn't done shit except lived her life, and Nina had every right to make that phone call. But yet, no, it's let's get information about Ned to the feds, and ugh, I can't. Yeah, but, and, then, and then you could just see this all come out of the way. Yeah, okay. This is all gonna blow up on Sonny and Nina's wedding day. Laura Wright is gonna be dressed to the nines with her hair looking exceptionally bitchy that day. She's gonna ruin that day, and then Moe's gonna get to Yale and throw some bar well and Cynthia Watt throws the seat for an Emmy rail for next year. 
Nina will be the big bad villain. And you get read for filth by everyone, and Willow, Jocelyn, everyone. Exactly. And, and then, like, Ned will be an afterthought. They're going to put Ned through all this hell, all these accusations. He going to get maybe a half-assed apology from Brooklyn and the living. Nobody else. And, and, and even if he does get an apology, it's going to be half-assed from everybody. We all see the writing on the wall with this. I'm just like, well, what's to get excited about when we all know what's going to happen? This is going to drag forever. And then when it gets to a point of like nobody giving a shit anymore, it's going to come out. And then the whole climax is going to be a letdown like with every other fucking storyline Chris and Dan have pinned out the last two years. Two, three years. So it's just like, why? And like, like I mean, I don't know when I'm talking about Ryan Hour, but with, with, you know, Nick being with Victoria and wanting a scheme and all that. Yes, that's interesting, but nobody pulls one over on the Newmans for too long. So the truth will come out. Devon will get to say he was all he was right all along about his cousin Yang and all this other bullshit. And Victor and Victoria and everybody gonna be all mad at him. And Nick was, see, sis, I told you, Vic, I told you. And all this, don't nobody want to see that bullshit. I, I, like, that's the type of predictable storytelling nobody wants to see. If they really want like, to yes. would be actually forgiving of Nina. That would be a real twist. Yeah, because it's just, it's like, like, like with Dex. We knew the minute that Nicole had sex with Eric on them drugged up ass biscuits, we knew that heifer was going to be knocked up. That's something you see coming. And you're like, uh, okay. We're not really groaning at that. We're groaning of the way it came, the way it came to be, and what we know is going to happen. Like, EJ's going to become the Raisin Brand in this triangle with those two. Even though he knew good and well what he was getting into when he decided to start sniffing around Nicole again, you knew she wasn't over Eric. You've been married to Nicole before. You know how the bitch gets when Dick is involved. But you decided to do do this part. So I don't feel sorry for you. You knew what you were going to get. And then and just, circling this, back around to GH Tiggs, how do you also yeah. feel about Sunny and Nina being engaged now and Carly's reaction? Well, I haven't seen her reaction, but I can just only guess she was full of so much sunshine. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. And... and I'm just enjoying Sonny and Nina while they together. Because we all know, like I said, if it wasn't this SEC bullshit, some other bullshit was going to happen. Because we know eventually Sonny and Carly going to find their way back together. And because and, they just refuse to let this couple go. Well, no one would be happy with that because he's, he's very vocal on Twitter. He likes Sonny and Nina. Because, I'm pretty sure because it's something refreshing and different with Sonny and Nina. She got him to quit drinking. She got him to take his meds serious. Like, everybody's just so mad that Sonny's changed. No, Sonny had a life-altering experience, and he's 60 years old with grandchildren. I'm sorry, he can't run around being a 35-year-old stub muffin. Y'all think he still is. He's not. That motherfucker need to take his ginkgo globin in the morning, along with his goddamn uh, shit. Pills for his fucking bipolar. Sonny got high blood pressure. You motherfucker still think for real? Sonny got high blood pressure, and these motherfuckers still think he' supposed to be just running around like it's the night. 
<laughs> like, oh, oh, Sonny's changed because why? He didn't shoot Nina in the head at point blank range when the Nixon polls shit came out. Exactly. He didn't. Well, like that, that, that's what they're basically saying. Oh, because, you know, Sonny didn't kill her or something like that. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, he's changed. He chose her over his family. Not once has this man ever chose her over his family. He testified to the truth and he told for, for once in his life. Michael Corinthos Jr. told the law the truth. The one time he didn't purge himself on the stand, that, that's him choosing Nina over his family. And, and like, I, can, I, I, I get the different points of view, but that's the thing. The overarching point of view is Carl's and her kids. Like, it's almost like they want the whole, they want the entire General Hospital audience to side with Carly and be against Nina, that's not a good rivalry. When you got your Vickies and Dorians and your Brooke and Erica's and, and your, your Kate and Sammy's and your Jill and Catherine's and all that, sometimes one got one over on one, one got one over on the other. Yes, there always was a more inherently more justified party or the party that you know was like clearly the antagonist but still it's like they gave as good as they got and this isn't fair it isn't balanced we all know Carly's never gonna lose she's always gonna get her fucking way and and Nina is just gonna have to settle for scraps that's not good so yeah, I'm not looking forward to everyone yelling at Nina. Yeah, no, I, yeah, she's become the new town punching bag. You know, they finally, finally, you know, got Ava out of that bullshit because this is what we dealt with with Ava for years. Like, Ava was the town punching bag. Until finally, it was like, okay, you know what? Even we're getting tired of this. Let's move on. You have motherfuckers who have been in Port Charles for five minutes, don't know nobody. You couldn't even tell you what the fuck Steve Hardy looked like, but they hate Ava's wrong. <laughs> like, motherfuckers coming out of Woolworths, like, since when did y'all become Sonny and Carly's friends? Since when did y'all, when the last time did you even see Morgan? Why are you so broken up about his death? That's why I love that we do still have people like Tracy and even Felicia. Felicia, tell you a minute. I adore Bonnie. We'll always be bonded because of Barbara Jean and Maxie. But Carly can kiss my motherfucking ass. <laughs> Santee with Scotty. Scotty like, I've known Bobby for 45 years. I'll always love and respect her. But her daughter can kiss my motherfucking ass. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just stuff like that. But if you say anything bad about Carly, oh, you're automatically the antagonist. Carly could have burned your life to the ground five times over, but you say one ill will, ill thing about the Queen of Poor Charles. Or you're supposed to be scared of her. Because even now, they got Ava doing it. Like, you know what Carly is Which is so funny because Carly doesn't scare me. Carly is a woman with her assets frozen who doesn't even have a man anymore. Like, but yet, you're right, Tiggs. They always want to make her out to be like, 
the Victor Newman of poor Charles. Right. She's so, oh, you know, milk. she's so, she's such a vicious mama bear. She's going to burn your life to the ground. Blah, blah. All Carly's going to do is just yell and shriek and be annoying as fuck. That's all she's going to do. <laughs> it's so true. Like, that's all she's going to fucking do is just, she's going to just have a smug look on her face because even when she's dead ass wrong, she can't even admit that she's wrong. Like, those, those painful scenes where Nina went to her yet again, hat in hand, trying to smooth things out and look at Carly being a fucking bitch. And I'm also tired of Willow manipulating every situation here to Sunday because she's got the stomach bug. Uh, exactly. And I said that too. And I said that. I'm like, it's not lost on me that Willow is like, you're just as bad as you claim Nina to be. Yep. Why is it such a crime that Nina gives a fuck about Willow like and she's her daughter? This would be easy. Any one of y'all. Any one of y'all. If this happened to you. I'm like, Carly, it happened to you. Bobby fucking hated you. But when she found out you were that baby girl that she was forced to give up at 16 years old, she softened. Because what I would love is when this does come out about Nina, when everybody inevitably judges her like she ran over somebody's puppy dog, then I I do want Willow to judge her harshly. And then I want Nina to, Nina to say, you know what, Willow? I'm good. I'm done. You stand in moral high ground of everybody else because you've got cancer. Whoopty frickin' woo. Goodbye. Like, Nina just needs to be done. Because this is ridiculous how everybody treats her like a piranha in this lake. Like, it's so stupid. It's like Carly and Drew committed the crime. They mm -hmm. committed the crime. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and... Um, I because even I, Diane told him. Even Diane told him, like, who whoever told the SEC, it, it, that's irrelevant. They have the evidence to back it up. That's relevant. I just think Diane suggested that Carly turn on Stein and stitch on him to get out of it. And Diane's fucking Stein's lawyer. Stupid. Right. It, it's just like, it, like as, as cocky as Diane is, anytime Diane is like, mm, y'all, I don't know. Because even Diane knows you don't fuck with the government. Now, when it comes to those little Keystone cops in Port Charles and little this and little, oh yeah, Diane can have them for breakfast. But you're talking about the SEC. Diane, like, I am not going to be like Alexis, losing my law degree. <laughs> my law license after 40 years over no stupid shit. Y'all pay good, but y'all don't pay that damn good. Honestly. When, when you have Diane even telling you, I'm going to need y'all to chill out because we need to do this by the book because this is the government. It ain't no legal hoopholes with the SEC, baby. None. So it's like, we got to do this right. And at the most, you just pay a fine and have a slap on the wrist because you are not getting out of this unscathed. you either paying with your ass or you paying through the ass. <laughs> that's, only, that's, uh, that's the only way it's going to happen. And, um, I, and like, and even last week, like, case, like you were saying, like, Nina told Carter, she's like, at the end of the day, Willow don't even got to speak to me ever again. I just want to know my daughter is healthy and okay. Why do y'all make it seem like, like, that? that's just the most important thing to me is Willow liking me? Of course I want her to care about me. She, she's my daughter. What the hell? 
Well, who's more forgiving of a sex trafficker? Her mother, Har her mother, creation marks, Harmony, who had a rate, uh, than Nina was just bitch to her a few years ago. But yet, she's seeing really, Harmony really in the white light. And I really need them. I need Michael, Michael Fairman, somebody to hold Frank, Chris, and Dan to the fire. Like, let's get down to brass tacks. What happened to Carly's comeuppance? I want you, no, no, as we're talking right here, I want you to tell me, why didn't Carly pay for what she did? Why did Willow forgive her with that much ease? Why was Michael only upset with her for two commercial breaks? The only Especially person Willow, able... like, Willow and Drew were going to go through all that hoopla to help find some biological family so she could get the transplant. So why didn't Willow get to say to Carly, Carly, I love you so much. You're a great grandmother to my children, but I'm dying and you kept this from me. Like that just didn't even, her forgiving Carly didn't even make sense. Like it, it, it did it. Cause even if Carly didn't know about the leukemia, so the fuck what you owed it to at least, well, even if you don't give a fuck about me, you owed it to Willow. Exactly. Yeah. And you did. Mm. That's the fucking point. And I love the character Carly. I'm a Carly stan. Um, I adore uh, that character so much. But I, I don't love what the character has become since, well, for a few years. I can't even really pinpoint. I mean, it's been so many years now of... I can't. Doing, but I know, yes. Eleven. The minute Bob Guza was fired. The yeah. minute Bob Guza was fired, they've never had any other writer to understand that Carl, that, that character. And she doesn't have, the character doesn't have any bite left. Like, you getting Laura Wright to scream, which she does a very good job, uh, but you getting her to scream every day doesn't equal Carly having bite. Right, and then it's just like... Ever. Because I'm just like, okay, if Carly didn't try to beat the living shit out of Nina for the Nixon Falls thing, well, what is she going to do then? Exactly. She's not going to do nothing. Fun. What's going to happen? What, she going to just shriek until my ears bleed? Oh, whoop the fucking do <laughs> Jesus. Like, that, that's my whole thing. Like, I wish there was just somebody to be like, well, Carly, you've done things too to this woman. And you have an excuse for every last one of them. Like, that'll make you know better. Like, you know, damn well, like, why continue this drama? Because, like, you know, like, Carly, all you got to do is rub Willow's back and feed her some fucking Talenti. <laughs> and, and just rub her back and soothe her and Willow would have forgave Nina a long time ago. She ain't got no fucking personality. Don't think about Willow's personality as being hateful towards people and being a fake ass martyr. But she'll do whatever you what you whatever you and Michael tell her to do, her stupid ass to do it. And you know you got that power over her. And all you can tell Nina, well, I, I just won't I won't keep her from wanting a relationship with you. 
that's not helping Caroline. That's why that was so stupid. Like I did appreciate the conversation that Nina had with Sam because Sam has been there. Yeah, but I really like Sam. That. You of all people should know good and goddamn well. When has anybody ever went to Caroline, hat in hand, and gotten what they wanted? Carly only gonna break her neck for her kids, whoever she's fucking at the moment, and bye. And unfortunately, that's one mm-hmm. less person. So, like, I, I like I said, where do we what do we get from this? Because it's like, it's just one of the things, like, if you're not the ultimate Carly fan that just forgives anything she does and loves her no matter what, are you really enjoying General Hospital? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's like, yes, we revere Vicky and Erica and Reva and, and, and even Marlena. But, like, it wasn't this whole consorted effort to have this whole show revolve around them and everything to go their way all the time. That, like, writers, that's boring. Writers, that seem very, writers seem very confused about that as well. Um, and then we'll jump to Kate Mancy. But like to me, writers are very confused about somebody who is at the center of a show. Deidre Hall has put in 46 years and 5,000 episodes worth of work. Susan Lucci deserved her scrapbook image, you know, at the end of the credits. But before that, she put in 21 years of work and had 85,000 Emmy nominations. And yeah, Erica Slazak was the like third Vicky, but she had been there since the 70s and lasted until the end of the show and did the reboot. Carly's been on screen for a long time, but nowhere near compared to a Jeannie Francis as Laura or Christina Wagner or Finola Hughes, whatever. It's like you get to veteran status in being the face of a show, of an ensemble show, by being true to your character and still being complex and interesting, Vicky was always the same character. Erica Kane was always the same character. Dorian Lord, same character. Nikki Newman, same character. Carly is so far removed from what made her interesting and who she was that to me, I'm not sure she can ever be a face of General Hospital, but yet they're yeah. going to try and make you believe that that's who she is. Carly is not some ladies who lunched. I'm so over it. She's like, not a girl. She's and, a bitch. She's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah she's exactly. supposed to be the super bitch. Yeah. And, and, and it's one of those things where, and they've done this over the years, where they like to whitewash Carly scenes. Like, whenever she does, on the rare occasion, like, bring up something that happened with Bobby or something that happened with Elizabeth 20 years ago or something. And especially when she's talking to Josh, it's, it's whitewashed. Like she stole somebody's parking spot. Bitch, you destroyed lives. You made horrible fucking mistakes. You, you used your children as weapons. Like, girl, you, you're, like, whenever, like, well, of course she likes Gladys now. But when she didn't like Gladys, I'm like, bitch, the only difference between you and Gladys is that Gladys is 10 years older and she didn't fuck the right witch man. 
Because if you were 10 years, you ain't got to be 10 years old. If you didn't fuck the right rich men, you would be just like Gladys. The same way Gladys is now and how she was about Brando, Carly would have been the same fucking way. Because she, well, she's the same way about Michael. Yeah, if Carly so if didn't you, weaponize A.J. Quartermain and his love for Michael, then she would not be where she is today. Exactly. It, it's stupid. It, and, and let's even be more clearer and more real. If it wasn't for the love story with Sonny, Carly probably wouldn't even still be on this canvas right now. Because by about exactly. 2004, they would have given up. They wouldn't have given a fuck about her being Bobby's daughter, and she probably would have been gone. Like no, which that right. also plays into you know, had it not been for Carly weaponizing Sonny and AJ against each other as well, then yep. she wouldn't have made it all those other years too. There's yep. a lot of factors that play into Carly, and all of them lead back to her destroying somebody's life. Yep. And, 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 and like, like we said, like, they tried to do this bullshit with Sammy. It didn't work. They tried to do it with Phyllis for a little while, but it didn't work. Like, we don't want this from these characters. Which is one of the main reasons a lot, a lot of people don't give a fuck about Nicole. No more, because y'all taking her so far away from the character she used to be. You can grow and evolve and still be the same character. Samantha Jean is pushing 50 with 13 grandchildren. And she is still the same petty, vindictive, petulant child she was when we met her back in 93. She's still the same person. And, they, and, and Carly's still the same person. But like I said, they like to whitewash it. You know, instead of her just being this fucking bitch on wheels that they've replaced it with, you know, fiercely loyal and protective. No, she's a fucking bitch. Well, they yeah. didn't talk about back in the day when fucking Edward and Lila were still alive. They're compliment Carly for some reason. Or just like, you know, between that and just two weeks ago when she was giving a monologue about Aunt Ruby. Oh, I aspire to be Aunt Ruby. Bitch, get out of my face. Right, you barely fucking knew Ruby. All you knew her as was the lady that owned Kelly's and was Luke and Bobby's auntie. That's all you knew her as. Because by the time, like, Bobby found out you was her mama, Ruby was pretty much dead. Exactly. And so it's just like... That'd what? be like if Carly met a nurse at GH and said, you know... I see my BFF Amy Vining in you. <laughs> it's like the relationship with Carly. Yeah, Ruby is the one who pimped Bobby out. Exactly. Yep. Like, Aunt Ruby used to be a fucking madam. Yeah. <laughs> like, y'all making the scene like she wasn't always, you know, the straight shooter that poured you some coffee and told you like it was a kill. And we, happened we to, loved him. Ruby. Ruby was about 70 when that happened. But yeah, when that bitch was about 40. She was pimping hoes. And we Shit. love Aunt Ruby, but it's like, don't have Carly give monologues about that's the woman she aspires to be. Girl. It's kind of like what, what's, what's always annoyed me about Olivia. Yes, the character's been around for 15 years, and I know the Lisa Lucero was a super GH fan before she joined the show. 
But sometimes when you hear Olivia talking about a character, you would have thought Olivia went to school with them. Olivia. You you never met Damien Smith. Why are you talking about it? I'm not Damien Smith. And like when she says stuff, I hate that when she says stuff about past characters, like so matter of fact, you did not go to school with Dominique. You do not know her. You didn't know Leo. <laughs> Why are you talking about these people like you know them? She'll be like, well, you know, that Jesse Brewer and I, <laughs> we go back. <laughs> and it's just like, Olivia, shut up. And, and like they said, like, she needs to start showing more loyalty to Ned. When this all comes out, I and I want Ned to go off on her and be like, I better not ever get the disloyalty out of you that you get that you just gave me. I better not ever get it out of you ever again. Or this marriage is over. Let him get in her ass. Let her be sorry. Like, you know what? Ned, I love you. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, Ned really. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me I would like Ned to really read Olivia after all this like and say after everything I've done for you after everything I've done for Leo like you couldn't even believe me when I screamed at the top of my lungs that I didn't do this it, Olivia needs to stand by her man like Tammy Wynette mm. right because like I said because at the end of the day that's the only reason you're still on this show and the only reason being she has with, a being to with Neb, yeah, being with Ned bought Olivia another decade on this show. Because really, after her and Sonny had kind of fizzled out and Johnny was nowhere to be found, Olivia could have been gone. And nobody would have cared. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I would much rather have Lois Cirillo on my fucking screen than Olivia Falconer. Because she ain't nothing but a, a lowest knockoff anyway without the nails and the better personality. <laughs> um, like I said, I love Lisa Lissa's role and I, and I like Olivia, but it's like when it comes to Olivia, they only know two modes for her. She's either being an annoying busybody or she's Carly's biggest cheerleader that sucked to the crack of her ass. She's not even an annoying, overbearing mother to Dante no more. I try to like Carly's pussy. Because right. Actually, went there actually it could be good because that would actually be better than me, Carly with Drew. That's boring. <laughs> no, no. The theme of Carly is like I've said before. Cameron <laughs> Matheson and Laura Wright have the chemistry, but the writing's not there, and they don't have that dynamic. If if Drew was being written in character, like when Billy Miller was in the role, and Bob Guzzi was writing Carly, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be having this discussion. Be it would be a decent pair. It yeah. would be a hot man. It would be very hot. Yeah. But because they've turned Drew into a totally new character because he was recast and there's only been one writer to understand Carly, which is so crazy because, like, yeah, she had decent moments under Ron, but even Ron didn't fully understand Carly. They and, that's a, and that's apparent with, with Dave's. He has an <laughs> embarrassment of riches with bitches over at Dave's. It's that the only bitch he can understand is Sammy. And I think that's because Allison Sweeney probably walks into that motherfucker and tells him to his face, like, what you got me doing? Oh, Sammy wouldn't do that, baby. Right, right there. Mm. I think that, you know, Ron had opportunities for Carly he didn't take. Like Carly and AJ getting back. Mm -hmm. 
I think that would have effectively put Carly back to who she was supposed to be. That could have hit the restart button. Like that mm-hmm. could have really made that character pop again. But no, we had to kill off Sean Kanan. Um, and allegedly there were some very fat phobic remarks behind the scenes about it. So woohoo. And this is who we get. We get uh Carly stuck with Ryan Lavery because when I turn on my screen now and I see Drew, all I see is Ryan Lavery, and that's very annoying to me because I did not. Right, and because because in my whole thing it's like, and y'all playing in Cameron's face because yes, nobody is saying that Cameron Matheson is Justin Dees or David Canary, but he can hold his own, and he can play more than the bullshit y'all giving him. Exactly. Because he did so, oh my gosh, we were raving on our show about his debut. We yeah, because he was still like Drew, you know, you know, he had the sly remarks and, and the slick comments and yes. jokes. Yes. That was Drew. You know, when Billy Miller was in that role, whenever, you know, something would happen and Drew was up against the ropes, he would like, you know, well, I can't say this ain't the first time I've um, been shot at today, but, you know. Maybe I can get home for some ice cream. You know, just that 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 wry sense of humor. Like, that's Drew. And not dealing with the bullshit. Exactly. But just now, this Drew wants to be everybody's friend and life coach. Well, all right, Carly. All right. Okay. You have about 50 more seconds of me fingering you. I need you to think of a place. A time and a place is going to make you come. Okay? Shut up. Shut up. It, 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 <laughs> Are you comfortable? Is the central air okay? All right. And Billy knows okay. he doesn't care about Carly like that. This this room was a stuck a fart out of Carly's ass. Well, and also, you know, I was thinking of that the other day, Alan, when I was watching the show. I'm like, shouldn't Drew hate Carly? Because Carly did all that hamstram stuff all those years ago to prove he was Jason. And then the first mark of he's not Jason, she's like, we haven't really known the real Drew this whole time. How could he do this? He's just... Oh, but yeah, but that's another thing, Casey. They addressed that when Drew first came back, but it was whitewashed. Exactly. They, 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 made it seem like, they made it seem like, oh, it was some big misunderstanding and they really didn't, yeah. you know. I'm like, child, please, even Robin shitted on Drew. Exactly. When Jason no, came like back. you said, Drew is everybody's life coach. He's getting you together. Like, he's personal shopping for you. He's like, hey, Willow, I got you this necklace on Etsy. You know, it's got... You know, and, and, and it's just one thing. And that's why I'm glad Tracy, oh. and Tracy needs to even have a scene where it's just like, okay. <laughs> I will give Jason this. At least he was born and brought into this house. Okay, the gatehouse for a year. But he was brought onto this property as a baby. You were just another little accident of soothing Moors that we didn't find out about until a decade ago. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, and, and that's just it. Like, please. There needs to be a line with hell. Oh, please. Emily's been dead for 15 years and she's more of a quarterman than you'll ever be. <laughs> like, please. Gosh. Shit. Like, the, the, the biggest thing with Drew, especially him being a quarterman, the biggest draw for me was his relationship with Monica. And with yeah, Leslie Charles I, not looking around, I really don't give a damn. 
Well, let's also speak of Christina and that whole mess with the Davis girls of late. So, Alan, I'm going to go to you. What did you think of Kate Mancy being the new Christina? It was surprising. I wasn't displeased with it, but it was surprising that they started to recast. I assume it's one of two things. Like, the Ace wasn't available as much as they needed, or they just wanted the big name and now. One of those two things, I think, because from that video Lexi posted, she was fired. Yep. She tried to put a positive spin on it, but yeah, she got fired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I watched Kate Nancy's debut today, and she was actually really good. I didn't, I expected her to be good because you know when you get a, a set, experience so back to a new role, they, they usually are good at a recast. There are exceptions like Roger Howarth on As World Turns, who sucked, but usually their experience so back to a good recast. As some people were like, oh, 35-year-old Christina debuted today. But oh my she good lord, she's only three years older than Lexi <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Lexi is going to be 31, <laughs> Kate's going to be 34. God. And like I said, in fact, like I said, Lexi is actually the age Abigail is supposed to be because she was born in October of 92 and Jennifer had that girl on days. Like, <laughs> and you all forget, I mean, look. If they really want to play six degrees of separation, you know, Rebecca Herbst was going to be Abby on Days of Our Lives. Okay, and Rebecca, and, and Rebecca Herbst is shit a decade too damn old. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca Herbst should have been no shade to Lindsay Garfield. Hell, she could have been Sarah. Shit. Oh, she would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, ages are just so relative. I'm so, I mean, uh, yes, sometimes we can joke about ages on soaps. Like, Right now, Ashley Jones, you know, she pops in as Bridget, and Bridget looks like Brooke's sister nowadays. But it's like, you know, Kate Mancy is not that damn old. <laughs> right. And, and my whole thing is, I, I just feel so sorry for Lexi Ainsworth. She's popular. She's an Emmy winner. She's been in that role for the majority of the 14 years since the character's been sore ass. We, we don't. No, she has been. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> oh, no. I don't count that. Damn Not, what was Morgan. her name? Lindsay. I don't count Lindsay Morgan. I don't give a damn if she finally learned how to uh, act on the CW. She wasn't acting on ABC, and that's all I care about. <laughs> Shit. Charity Raymond could have a fucking Oscar right now, and the North will always remember that motherfucker. So, like, no. Um, yeah, like, I, it just sucks because you... Why did you fire her? Like, it... Whatever you have planned for Christina, Lexi could have did. I I love Kate Mancy, but like Christina could have did that. Out Christina, Lexi could have did whatever y'all needed her to do. And it pisses me off when shit like this happens. Yet we've been stuck with fucking Melissa Ordway for a fucking decade on the Young and the Restless. Now that's who you fucking recast. You go get a Julie Marie Berman or a Jennifer Finnegan. I guarantee you, you come with the right amount of money. Both of them heifers would have said yes. They ain't doing shit. Jennifer Finnegan can't find a goddamn primetime show that's going to last more than one season to save her damn life. I'm surprised she ain't been brought her ass back to daytime. Well, she, really she, has, she has a dating show she's on. Mm. Oh, she actually's on the show that didn't last more than one season? Well, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hell, with Julie Marie Burns. Give us something Julie to do Marie. in the office. Julie Marie Burns ain't did shit in the 10 years she left GH with guest spots here and there. Like when I saw her pop up on that Gilmore Girls um reboot back in 2016, I'm like, oh baby, you need to call um Frank. Oh, 
Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, and I love the, the Gilmore Girls reboot, but I'm just saying, like, that was a little bit ass role, and it's like you're an Emmy winner, Julie. If you don't tell your agent <laughs> to get you back, like, girl, there's so many things. Like, Julie, Julie could be Abigail. <laughs> like, she could be Abby. Like, there, there's there's so many. Different things she could be doing, her and Jennifer. It, but no, Melissa Orway is the Teflon Don. <laughs> but, but, Paul, but Paul Lexi Ainsworth gets treated like a second class. Now citizen. that, okay, talk about a good Abby Newman. I could see oh, what I, what I, what, because what, like I said, sure, this is for summer last year. Oh, did she? Okay, per. Wait, wait, who? I didn't know you. Wait, who did what for summer? Lexi auditioned for summer last year. Of course, she didn't get it. Does Alice Lanier's playing her now? You said oh. Lexi Ainsworth auditioned for summer. Yeah, she would. She would have been right though. Yeah, she, so, she, she, she would have been. She would have been great. She would have ate that up. Yeah, she would have been great because, like, Alice Lanier is great. It's just a baby. Oh yeah, summer. we love that. Yeah. yeah, it's just a disappointing baby. But yeah, like I. I, like I said, I know Kate's going to do a great job in the role. And, like, is she on contract? Are you really going to do something with Christine? According to Wikipedia, Kate Mains is just recurring. And, and, and see, that's so stupid. Y'all ain't even going to do nothing substantial with her, but what? Make her this Mother Earth ass surrogate for TJ and Molly, which everybody's going to fucking hate. Well, and that's then. another thing. And, and that's another thing, too. It's like a lot of stuff we see coming down the pike. And it doesn't look fun. Nobody wants to see Christina be a surrogate for TJ. <laughs> doesn't look fun. Like, nobody wants to see Molly with baby rabies when y'all have told us who this character has been since she was nine years old. Shit. Yeah, well, like 10. But yeah, like, yeah, no, like, right. yeah, yeah. like Haley Poulos has been in that role for, like, for 15 years since she was 10. And like, We've always known, even as a little girl, what type of person Molly was going to turn out to be. And they've been pretty consistent with that. But now all of a sudden, because she finds out she got endometriosis, now she want to have all the children in the, in the world. Like, this doesn't even make, this is stupid. Well, and now like, we're also getting um, a temporary recast, to, for now, of Molly. Uh, Holiday May Kringle uh, is taking over the role of Molly. Um, as Haley Poulos, we've learned, has checked into a rehab facility uh, following a car accident, uh, which she allegedly caused, um, which is just a horrific mess on its own. Um, so, allegedly, was also hurt, allegedly. So that's a lot to unpack on its own. So, I mean, Alan, we're going into this big story with two recasts of the main people in the story. How do you feel about this? You know, I'm pro recast, but this is a mess to have two recasts of this big story. Yeah. And people keep bringing up, up Cynthia Watros' DUI. Back in like 2004 ish or 2005. Oh, she paid for that. I know. Let me bring that up. Yeah. Number one, no one was hurt when she and Michelle Rodriguez got arrested. Number two, they both were fired. 
from one of the biggest shows of television at that time. So they paid for that. Yeah. And you haven't heard shit about Cynthia Simmons. Yeah, she hasn't done anything wrong that we know of. So she learned her lesson. And Haley Polis does deserve to get fired. And like it had this holiday Kringle girl who apparently dated Karen Mannheim's son play Molly from now on, I guess. And she's good. I'm interested in seeing her. I really, it is a mess. It reminds me a lot of when we were working up towards the big Nathan Maxey Claudette triangle and Kirsten had to exit at the last minute and then we got Molly Burnett back in. It reminds me of that um, because they're building up towards another big story and it's a sea of recasts and Nancy Lee Gron as a featured player. So they're really going to have to pay attention to writing and they're really going to have to keep everybody in character. But like Tig said, it looks like they're going to turn Christina into Mother Earth, you know, and, you know, very Mariah on the Young and the Restless. I'm just not up for that. Um, no. And, 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 so. and my whole thing, we have been screaming. See? This is when this is when we always say, talking to the soap gods is like talking to God. When you ask for something, <laughs> be specific. We wanted a story for Molly and Christina. What we didn't need or want was a recast. Now, okay, the Molly recast that was yes, they, that was they couldn't help that. They couldn't help that. But the Christina recast that was a choice. Mm-hmm. That was a fucking choice. And even then, okay, so here, again, all alleged because um, Haley hasn't been proven guilty of anything, no matter what we've seen. She hasn't been convicted of anything, so it is all still alleged. However, she reported, she, in my mind, wouldn't she have had to report to her work that this is what's going on, A, B, and C? Or did she just cover up the entire time? that it was just recovery from a simple car accident. Because I'm beginning to wonder about that because they announced Holiday as a temporary recast. Then we get Kate Mancy involved. So were they expecting Haley to come back to work? Did she downplay it on all ends? Did she think she was going to make it out of whatever allegedly she did? I'm so confused, Alan. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was that she probably didn't really keep them abreast because she's not on contract. You know, her boyfriend is, but she's not. So you know, it's kind of just a a situation of like you know when it is when you're on recurring. When you're on recurring, you're pretty much on call. You have to wait for them to call you and be like, "Oh, we need you at the studio." Blah 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 blah. And it could have been just one of them times where hell, allegedly maybe Haiti went on a bender. You know, she lost shit. Child, Frank said he don't need a bitch until next week. Let's do this. Shit. All right. Oh you know, it could have been something like that, you know. And, and it probably might be a situation where Haley isn't some stone cold drunk. I mean, she's barely, she's not even 25 yet. She probably just had a really good weekend and it just got fucked up. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, it happened. She may not be some like raging ass drunk, but I don't know. Her caring about more about allegedly more about a four hundred dollar t shirt than somebody that she could have killed. I, I don't know. But then that's another thing too. Like 
people get drunk and belligerent. It doesn't mean that they're drunks. It doesn't mean that they're horrible people. This kind of probably could have just been a real shitty thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it did start, her drinking probably did start becoming more erratic and excessive. And and her rep and her family were just like, okay, you need to go get some help. And they just want to start it before it becomes like a Michael Nader or Nathaniel Morrison situation, God rest their souls. But, you know, before it gets that bad. Because we've seen how bad this can get. But you, you know the General Hospital fans, when they're attached to, I swear, out of all the soaps, when it comes to recast GH, oh my God. These fans, we see it all the time when it comes to Jonathan Jackson and Tyler Crispin. Child, can't nobody on the God's green earth be lucky mm-hmm. and Nicholas but them two folks. Like we ain't like we ain't up here looking at the 19th Carly in this motherfucker, but y'all act like <laughs> one motherfucker can play lucky and only one motherfucker can play nigga. Cause and even with the Carly situation, Lord knows it's no shade to Lord, right? Yes. At the height of my Carly love, Tim Ron was Carly. Yes. But it's not to this day, and I'm still like, mm, that's oh, that ain't none of my Carly. <laughs> no, it's Laura Wright Carly. And it ain't her fault. She's great. It's just that the writing is shitty and she ain't got no chemistry with Mo. But that's only two things. If she had chemistry with Mo and the writing was there, yeah, go Graham. Like, whatever. Yeah. Come in, we all have those people. Like, you know, I know we you know what ain't you, Casey, but some of us are still looking at a million highly 18 years later, like. You know, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's still motherfuckers who looking at Josh Taylor calling him Chris Kodachek. I don't have that problem. Chris Kodachek was before my time, and I've only known Josh Taylor from his Hogan family, being Jack McKay, and now being Roman Ray. And when that Alex North bullshit happened, that ruined Ray Northrup for me as well. So, like, I'm good. Chris Kodachek, fine. Besides, like I said, Roman is <laughs> Chris Kostacek is fine. It's like <laughs> Roman is Roman is a in a peripheral character now. I don't care. It ain't like Roman ain't drove story in fifteen years. It's okay. Roman ain't <laughs> drove a story since he got his throat slashed by Marlena when she was running around town in a hockey mask. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know the last big story he was really a part of, like that was the Alex North story, and that was like oh five oh six, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know. Because then they like, like brought him to the background of the police commissioner and the everybody get down and you know yeah, and, and, you hang uh, on to that beam. Um, oh yeah, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, <laughs> don't stop. Yeah. Don't. No, James <laughs> Riley. I don't know what he was on because yeah, after the Salem stalk and everybody came back then, Marlena was fifty three and pregnant by Roman, and then she lost the baby after four episodes, and then Alex North came and. But you know what? I will take all of that in a heartbeat versus the bullshit we got now. So there's that. We always thought when you go back to like soaps, like in their worst writing, like if you would have told me that Lumina would be Shakespearean compared to the shit we looking at now in 25 years, I would have spit in your face and called you a bitch. But this well, is yeah, where we because, are. Like, it's so, it's so <laughs> funny what we used to consider the worst of our show. Okay, like Reva walking in the paintings and shit and getting cloned and shit. 
and, yeah, and like, babies and trees and like you know it was it. it was bad oh. soap it was bad soap sometimes but it wasn't the worst <laughs> we wouldn't know what was ahead like you know the young and the restless we thought sharon marrying victor and mara west as diane was the worst that show would ever get and boy did they prove us wrong <laughs> yeah it's just one of the things and at least you know back when they were putting babies in trees and shit like that these hopes had budgets at least i was gonna say that they were gonna put that baby in a real tree at least right they put that baby in a real tree and it was about seven trees on that fucking set that they had to water for 16 hours now they're gonna they're gonna throw that baby inside of a fucking chia pet and call it a fucking day they gonna throw that baby in the hedge in the salem park (laughs) no at this point they just gonna find some stand in they ain't shaved them their arms and just put the baby in the head like baby in the tree now. Ew. The baby in the tree now. God damn it. Like, this, this, this is what we this is what we, we, we left with. Reminiscing about fucking Lumina. Because if oh. you would have ever told me that <laughs> Sarah Smythe would be the worst thing that happens to Young and the Restless, and we have what we have now. Oh boy! Oh, okay, uh, Casey. I'm telling you, shit. So long, sister. Killer don't sound too bad. It, it does not. I'm telling. Oh, like, Tracy Bregman was finishing up a contract. We have the original music cues. They shot on location. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. I'm like, Maria. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, you was on bullshit, girl. But but as long as we keep the drink out your hand, come on, babe. It's all right. Come on. Look, and I tell you what. You used to be able to show me anything on The Young and the Restless as long as we had the original Chancellor Mansion, the original ranch, and a music cue. But yeah, because even when it was Ookie Boo, like I said, there was a budget. There were sets, and oh, and God love her. There was always going to be Jeannie Cooper to give you a dear God in heaven, because even she knew this was some bullshit. But you could get through it. Because I once said to one of our uh, frequent guest co-hosts, Emmy, that like, to me on a soap, you can't have bad storytelling and a bad budget you you really have to pick one or the other i mean in a perfect world you wouldn't have you would have a perfect budget and perfect story but for today's climate and what it's been for so many years you've got to pick one either you have bad stories and great sets or bad sets and great stories. you've got to pick and, 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 and it- it don't even have to be a pick, Casey. Like, like I said, we we've seen with the Bay and, and all these other web series who have a sixty-five dollar book of food stamps in a dream, and those shows are gorgeous. In a dream, <laughs> like I, I I just like the, the, the budget. Nobody cares about the budget. Nobody fucking cares about the budget because ain't none of these shows spending fifty million dollars a year anymore. Because I so, tell you what, yeah, Gregory. Gregory Martin can make Mary Beth Evan look like it's 2004 on As the World Turns. Like exactly, exactly. But but then you you have her on days in a with a stethoscope, a, a lab coat, and and a, and a romper. I'm like, why does she? What what? Why does Kayla? Why does Kayla Brady Johnson got a goddamn romper on? Ain't she supposed to have on scrubs? What the hell is this? No. Or, or every man in Salem, whether they rich or not. Is walking around with flannel and plaid on. Why do they have Johnny fucking Demir walking around like he shops at Walmart? Lisa, shut up, that ass. <laughs> you 
can show the badass in some tight suit pants. Okay, like damn, because hell, Bill, shit, Billy Tran got a fat ass too, but at least. And I'm tired of them dressing him like my grandpa in 1979. Yeah, because the only the only thing that saved Billy Flynn was they put him in some tight ass slacks. That ass moving, boy. I'm like, all right. The Demer, I'm sorry, the Demeris and the Kiriakuses should always be in suits. And yeah, like they, go, they should be. If they and go if they casual, it still needs to be khakis and a polo. Like these are rich people. Like, yeah, because like back in the day, like the rare occasion on all my children, if we didn't see Adam Chandler or Palmer Courtney in a suit, it's because it probably they were coming from playing tennis or it was the holiday season, so you know they were sitting in, in a smoking jacket or just a really nice sweater by the fire or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. No, we don't get that shit no more. We get $5 uh, button-ups from Old Navy fucking these motherfuckers. Like, it would be okay. Like, it's so funny. Even though, like, Jack and Jennifer are rich now. Like, <laughs> they're millionaires now. But, you know, they're still supposed to be, like Doug and Julie, the lower class people on the show, even though they're all millionaires. So, you know what? Even to this day, I can buy Doug and Julie and Jack and Jennifer dressing like that, like everyday people. But- well, yeah, and plus also because, especially, look, Bill Hayes is 96 years old. Y'all better be glad this motherfucker got dressed because if I was him, I would show up to Burbank in a fucking bathrobe. No, let me do this scene. Susan says she's going to wash my back and give me cookies later. Shut what up. y'all got me doing? <laughs> Shit. But yeah, not the karaoke. They've got to put we're so far off topic, I think. But this is a great discussion. We've got to put some class system back into the soaps. Like, that's what used to make it fun for us. Yeah, it needs to be. Like, you. Like there's no reason. You have Wayfair. You have just so many different stylish venues nowadays where you can go online and find something dirt cheap that looks like a million bucks. These people can still look rich and they can still act rich quit having nikki go to society for her own fucking takeout no you have her send her assistant miriam you don't have to cast miriam cbs let, let like at least with days at least like well for the for a time and it was just a wink wink to 227 but paulina had an assistant named mary at least we knew she had an assistant, and then, you know, they wanted Leo to be her assistant for five minutes for whatever reason. And it's just like, just like, like, and even we still hear about Henderson and, and uh, Harold, even though Henderson and Harold have to be 93 years old at this point. But, like, we still hear about them, like, you don't even hear about the Newmans even having stable hands anymore. Well, at least the Abbots, yeah, they still talk about Mrs. Martinez here and there, but that's it. Where the pool guy at? Where the bug man at? Has anybody called the cable guy in this motherfucker lately? Like, damn, y'all ain't got no service, no staff, no nothing. I just need poor characters. Not everyone needs to be rich. Exactly. Exactly. Or when you do have characters who who should have a little chunk of change, you got them acting like uh, Elizabeth Weber or Harley Davidson Cooper. Now that Casey Allen, you don't know how I y'all was y'all y'all know I was irate when my Harley Davidson Cooper was in that in that 
bungalow with bad light, worrying about bills. When this bitch has a baby, when this bitch has a baby by a Spalding, a Bauer, and a Lewis, and she was worried about her fucking light bill. What? That's how I feel about our Sharon on The Young and the Restless. Well, like, no, see, at least with Sharon, you could, they could almost treat Sharon as a sitcom character. Like, Sharon owns this, you know, this very home and hearth coffee house in the, in the, in the middle of the town. And, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll serve you coffee in, in, in her Valentino gown <laughs> because she's living off of six divorce settlements. And she has a therapist license. You know, that that's, that's funny as hell. Like, it, it's like, that's a great premise for a sitcom. Like, something that, that will go, like, to a streaming server, like, to a Peacock or a Paramount Plus, a 10-episode, like, a season show about this rich-ass <laughs> woman that has this <laughs> basic-ass job and her little adventures and shit. You would take Sharon's whole predicament and make it into a sitcom. And it would be fucking hilarious. Because when I see Sharon wiping down her counters, paying the light bill to Crimson Lights, it's so ridiculous. Like, same. Okay, and I had that problem with Phyllis too, because they started that shit under Gina Tagnoni. Is all the like in her last years? All of a sudden, Phyllis was fired from Jabot as CEO, and she's broke. Phyllis is like, "What am I supposed to do now, Phyllis?" What do you mean? You've been married to Jack three times, Nick three times. You had the Newman heir. You've had all these great jobs. You were so fought over in New York City because you were this high-level executive for tech and advertising making $300,000 a year that when Jack called you back to Jabot, you were fought over. Like Jack was like, I'll give this woman who turned out to be Phyllis, anything she wants to come work at Jabot. Like, and then Phyllis needing a handout from Lily to buy her hotel above asking. So ridiculous. It's like, well, no, well, well, no like, okay, that wasn't, I, I can see that, like, cause that's cause they want, like, Chancellor wanted that and they just gave her the money and Phyllis was just no, like, no, that's not the problem. I'm just saying, that all of a sudden became Phyllis's only source of income was from the hotel because yeah, we were told yeah. that it was a sinking ship and Victoria. Bell. I'm like, Phyllis is so much financial, has so much financial literacy, first of all. And also, it, we were always told the Grand Phoenix was a sinking ship. How the fuck is that possible when you've got 40 out of the 50 characters on the canvas staying there? Exactly. Please miss me with that. Ugh. It, it, it's yeah we like like alan said we need to have poor people back and nobody's saying that every poor person needs to be on the make or anything like that but no we just need more snyders more bennett's we need just regular working class families that yes they're not rich they're not destitute but you know they're middle class they have enough and that's fine. And yes, one of their children is going to happen to marry the richest person in town or whatever, but that still doesn't change the foundation of that family. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bo finding out he was a Kyriakis 40 years ago didn't change the foundation of him being Bo Bray. 
in how he was raised. Like, even to this day, well, with him having this memory back whenever he wakes up, Victor could offer him $5 million, and he still wouldn't take it. Like, he fought hope for years when they were having, like, financial issues, and she wanted to dip into that fucking trust fund that Doug left for her. And he would refuse to let her use it. Hope is sitting on millions of dollars that she probably didn't distribute it to them damn kids and grandkids by now. But Hope, for all we know, well, she probably started touching that shit when she saw Boba's dish like, that motherfucker dead now. Let me let me buy me some diamonds. But yeah, like, it's shit like that. Those internal struggles. We don't have that anymore. Everybody is just rich. Everybody is able to go to Portugal. and Everybody's able to go to these islands and pay people off and all this other stuff. Like, and or like I said, when you have a character that's poor, you just become excessive with it. Like how Liz was damn it, pretty much had to be a surrogate to make ends meet because her and Lucky was only getting paid four dollars an hour. Like it's just just shit like that. It's we just can't have regular working class people. They they either the got only... hella hella poor or just more money than God rich. It, it, there's no in between, no normals. The only show I don't mind everybody being rich on is The Bold and the Beautiful. Because every single character works in the fashion industry on in L.A. And it's been about the same people for every year it's been on. And those people came on rich, except the Logans. But, you know, Brooke married into that. And then Katie goes and Like, I will say the poor people on The Bold and the Beautiful became naturally wealthy like you know they married well they worked hard so it makes sense to me that there's no poor people on the bold and beautiful i'm like i totally get it it's a very small show small cast every character works at the same companies like i understand why everybody is rich on the bold and the beautiful but those other shows where you've got double the cast and you're telling me that you know days of our lives is set in central illinois in the Midwest, the Bible Belt, like, come on now. There are no poor people in Salem, please. Right, and, and like I said, the only poor people are the criminals and, and grifters and shit. No, yep. there, there, there are good people who are just poor. <laughs> like, every poor person isn't on the make or trying to blackmail somebody or something like that. They're just poor people who are just, they're poor. <laughs> they want yeah. more, but it's like, they, they, you know, but they're not blackmailing nobody and killing nobody to get it. Exactly. Liz Foster never did that. Liz Foster was just worried if she could, you know, get her bills done, mm-hmm. raise her kids right, and, you know, deal with the energy crisis at the Chancellor plant. Like, people can be poor and upstanding and still have these dreams and the struggles of, you know, will they, won't they ever make it? And yeah. will they ever meet the right person? Because that's real life. Yeah, it's all about being aspirational. Like, yeah. like, like I said, when when Liz is going through her health issue, I mean her health. Lord, please don't give help Liz nothing, <laughs> please. But no, when, when she was going through her financial issues, even in the mid two thousands, Lucky was a cop, and Liz were a nurse, a nurse and a cop in upstate New York in the mid two thousands. You can't tell me these motherfuckers was paycheck to paycheck. Not on upstate New York, y'all wasn't. To look at look at the salary of a nurse or a fucking cop in upstate New York in 2023. 
Them motherfuckers got more money than a quarter man. Shit. Especially now that she's the head nurse, like right, like that head nurse should came at least with a, with an extra fifteen thousand on her salary. Mm-hmm. Shit. I think you know my biggest thing is, as crazy as this sounds, would it kill writers to inject a little bit of reality into these soap operas? That's all. They, that they, they they really need to. They need to like. Willow having stage four leukemia for eight months and and with very, very minimal treatment and even giving birth to a healthy baby and everything and still being alive is ridiculous and it's offensive. Because if I was someone that lost somebody to stage four leukemia very quickly, this story would make me sick to my stomach. It would make me sick to my stomach. Like, I'm sure there are people who lost loved ones to this horrible disease who wish that their family member was healthy enough to hold on a little while longer for a transplant or something like that. But you got Willow doing all this bullshit and she's not even being likable the whole time. You have people who want her to die. What's wrong with this picture? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't want the cancer patient to die. Exactly. Well, with that being said, Alan, my dear, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? If I'm Alice Rapper, where I will say that I'm going to suck at Oswald Turns as much as I like. Lady. (laughs) One person came after you, (laughs) Wait, what did they say? Oh, they went after me. Oh, you're being mean to Roger Howard. Oh, why did he single him out? Because he fucking sucked, lady. And Alan with that goddamn Courtney Cox picture kills me. <laughs> no, no. I, the thing with, to me, Roger Howard is a good actor, but like we all know, he has a shtick. And his shtick was Todd Manning. That's where he excelled at. Uh, Austin's okay. Uh, Franco, but yeah, like I didn't mind him as Paul, but the thing is, kind of like with Michael Easton, Roger Howard's part was only as good as who he was paired with. Like, the beginning of him and Meg. Him and Emily. Like, Kelly Minigan Hensley and, and goddamn Marie Wilson made that watchable and tolerable. Like, and you just have actors like that, they're only as good as who they're paired with. Yep. And that's just one of those situations. Like, like I said, with Finn. Finn is only as good as who he's paired with. Him and Liz had a decent beginning, but like I said, somewhere along the lines, the dynamic got fucked up. And now we're dealing with what we're dealing with. Like, like people can have chemistry all day, but there ha- the writing has to be there. The dynamic has to be there. You can't just rely on two people having chemistry and that just being it. Just like you can't just rely on the story because, you know, the story can be there and the chemistry won't be. So it's just like you you can it, it all has to work together. It has all has to go hand in hand. And no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Baby, I'm not having no chemistry with none of these shows right now. <laughs> Me neither. We are we are failing the chem test. <laughs> well, Tiggs, where can they find you on Twitter as well? Uh, the Ben Master Part 2, I've been busy with school and uh, work, everybody. 
I know y'all have been missing my tweets, some of you. So I, I will be doing some binging. And that, now look, I'm not making no promises with days oh, and why not? Because I might just start watching that shit from um this past Monday. Because I don't know if I can go back to a month's worth of that shit. I, I don't think I can. <laughs> God. The only reason I've been keeping up with GH is because I am the most interested in GH. And I didn't want to fall behind on GH the way I've fallen behind on those two. Because I wouldn't go back and watch that shit anymore. Well, you can find me on Twitter as well, at KCS Hutch. You can find our show on Twitter at the chat underscore podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook at the chat show podcast. And we'll see y'all in a bit. We're going to take a bit of a break as I move uh, to a new state, but we'll be back before you know it for the rest of the season. So stay tuned. Bye. Wash all asses. My business. Don't get recast, child. The role of text now we played by Brew Drew. Nah, I'd be oh. up for that. That'd be a good summer, you know, good summer recast. Yeah. Now, ain't that a bitch? How the hell y'all gonna re- wish recast me? Ain't that a bitch? I mean, love well, you, Brew Drew, but damn. Look, the role of Alan Sarapa is now being played by Angel Young. We're gonna do like our own Cassie DePilo. Oh, Lord. Mm, I don't see it. <laughs> Angel, now we love you, Angel. We love you. I love you, love you Angel. <laughs> She's gonna come and get you for that. And Alan, I can't help you. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we love y'all. Thanks for this. Mm. Donnell Turner's Rodrigo, honey. Oh yeah, uh, honey. No, I want Rodrigo back. You know, I like them thighs. So, oh Lord. Now why are we going to become the Tyler Christopher of this podcast? <laughs> Nobody can play Rodrigo in his thighs, but Rodrigo. <laughs> you know what? I put Michelle Stafford on this podcast as me so I can go play Phyllis and tell you all about Diane. She does say that like she's ready to take a bite out of crime. Like, girl, are you McGruff or Phyllis Summers? Diane. <laughs> I'm like, ma'am, are you thirsty? Summer, baby girl, baby girl, it's me. Okay, Summer is 38 years old. Summer, baby girl. <laughs> no. I mean, we all know my dream part would be <sighs> Nicole Reed Newman. I only want to see you playing Nikki if you got a wig on and you drunk. <laughs> but you wonder, and you wonder why I'm <laughs> for two hours straight. Now, Victoria, I know you got some black dick in L.A., so tell me about that, please. Because I say I'm the co-CEO, but really I'm going to look at my script on this iPad prop. Please tell me. Did did you hear every lift every voice when you and Nate made love? (laughs) Not lifted, no, not lift every voice. Did, 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 did you want some fried chicken and watermelon and ghetto clanks? Oh, I didn't realize Steve Burton was on the show. Again. <laughs> oh, God. Well, good night. <laughs> oh, bye, y'all. Sorry, y'all. Okay, y'all got a little after show of us being full of shit. Like, we ain't been full of shit for two hours. But yeah. Exactly. Bye. Bye.